Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Success Innovation. Thank you for joining me again. In today's episode, I get the opportunity to talk to Alex Montoya from A Motivational Communications. He's a triple amputee. He was born without two arms and without a leg, but he has managed to succeed in life. Join me in learning the key to his success and what he has done to continue moving forward throughout his life. Welcome, welcome Alex Montoya to Success Invasion. Thank you. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Success Invasion. To the listeners and to the viewers, this is a Zoom presentation recorded uh, as well as an audio version. Uh, today, I am really proud to present Alex Montoya, who was born in Colombia and moved to the United States at the age of four. He is a triple amputee, proud founder of A Motivational Communications based off of San Diego, California. He attended and graduated from University of Notre Dame in Indiana. And he is very active in making sure Latinos and underrepresented sectors of business owners are well represented within the United States. I'm very happy to welcome Alex Montoya for his fantastic for this fantastic episode of Success Innovation. Hello, Alex. How are you tonight? Great. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for joining us. Do you mind uh, going ahead and sharing a little bit about your background and who you are and how you actually came to be to the position you're in? Sure. Well, I am a motivational speaker and writer. Um, I own a motivational communications company, A Motivational, um, which delivers uh, motivational presentations uh, to schools, companies, organizations. Um, I've published five books, um, and I also write books for other people to help them to uh, tell their stories. Um, and my journey began in Medellin, Colombia, when I was born uh, as a triple amputee. I had a birth defect. Uh, led me to be born missing both of my arms and my right leg. I immigrated to the United States when I was four, and that's where my journey began. Okay, all right, fair enough. So, since you were when you actually came to the United States, uh, did you do you have any memories of how how you actually interacted with other kids in elementary school? Any particular recollections that you were made aware that you were a little different and how did you deal with that at that young age? Being, being a young child that uh, had three prosthetics um, and learning how to be able to, uh, to uh, get along with, with others uh, was challenging and, and difficult. Uh, a lot of kids didn't know how to uh, communicate uh, with somebody that had uh, challenges. They weren't sure. If they could ask me questions, they weren't sure how they should approach me. Um, so I tried to be as friendly as possible. And I tried to let them know that instead of looking and pointing and staring, the best thing to do was to uh, ask me questions. And I would answer any of the questions that they had. Um, and those were the friends that ended up, uh, the friends that asked questions that, that really wanted to know more about me as a person ended up being my, my very best friends. And that experience always stuck with me. So for example, right now, I'm actually writing a children's book on how uh, kids can deal with other kids with disabilities and how to communicate with them. 
Oh, wow. Do we have a title for that book at the moment? Uh, right now, the working title is Alex Masters, The Monkey Bars. Okay, and fantastic. It's a, uh, it's a, it revolves around a story uh, that I tell uh, involving uh, how I was able to help um, rally a group of kids together uh, and how they rallied around me to teach me how to uh, play on the monkey bars as a kid. Uh, mm. It really was emblematic of, uh, of just great teamwork. Okay, fantastic. Do we have a date when the book is actually going to be published and released, or is that no, something that I'll, you don't want to disclose? That. I'll announce that. Okay, this fantastic. Year. fantastic. Uh, you know, we live in very uncertain times, and I'm still uh, working on the layout and the design. Uh, so I don't have a publishing uh, date as of yet, uh, but I'll be sure to let you know. Okay, fair enough. Fantastic. And for the audience, you can definitely reach out to Alex and his LinkedIn. I'll put that information below. And you can definitely connect with him and follow him on social media, so he can, you can, you can find out when he releases the book and be able to obtain it. Uh, you and I met at one of the uh, Rotary Club meetings over in East Lake in Chula Vista. So I'm really happy that we did. And I want to ask you, uh, when you when you founded or when you started a motivational, what was the idea behind a motivational, and why did you? started sure well i've always been someone that believes that we all need motivation and we all need inspiration and i've tried to always take just my life story as something that can hopefully give people hope and show them that no matter what their adversity is and no matter what the challenges are that they can do great things with their life and so um that's something that i've really tried to do throughout my life uh, throughout school, throughout uh, my days at the University of Notre Dame, um, and then even in my professional life, um, I had the good fortune of working for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and the San Diego Padres. So I worked in the corporate world uh, for almost 20 years, and um, uh, I realized that that people really enjoyed hearing my story and drawing inspiration from the things that I was able to overcome. Um, so about 10 years into my Padres career, uh, I decided to uh, turn in a new chapter. Um, I, I had greatly enjoyed my time with the Padres and decided that it was time uh, in 2015 to uh, start my own business. And so I did. Uh, I created a company that uh, delivers motivational talks and um, produces my books and then also helps others uh, write their books. Uh, so you and I met at one of those presentations, right. which was at the uh, East Lake Rotary Club. So back in 2015, when you first launched A Motivational, can you go back to the exact moment or the exact experience that you had while still working with the Padres that developed the A Motivational and how and when did you decide to make that jump from having a stable job at the Padres to going solo and going full full speed into the amotivational mode? Sure. Well, there were some changes within the organization okay. and there was some restructuring. And so my position, unfortunately, got eliminated. Okay. Um, so the decision was kind of made for me. Uh, but, but from that aspect, it was all about just taking a challenge and turning it into something good 
And so once my position was eliminated, it was really a matter of, do I sit around and feel sorry for myself? Um, or do I, do I make the most out of this? Um, so it was, it was August of 2015. Mm -hmm. And I decided that um, now would be a good time um, to see if I could do this. Uh, I had always uh, put it in the back of my mind that this was something that could be a good viable business and um, you know never really took that risk and never really took that step and now all of a sudden I had a lot of time and I had a lot of motivation within me and decided that now was the time to at least try and see if, uh, if this was something that I could do. Right, fantastic. So when you actually went and started doing it um, I don't know if you have a business background or not, but obviously you had to find out how to go ahead and get things going, possibly get a license, register the name of a motivational and go through all of that legal jargon stuff that entails having a, a license. Plus on top of that, now you're the CEO, plus you're also the financial officer, plus you're also the spokesperson, plus you're <laughs> also the person that's booking the, the dates and scheduling. So you're a, a jack of all trades, essentially being your own yes. boss and not whatnot. So what has been the most rewarding outcome of a motivational up to this point? And also, what has been the biggest obstacle that you've encountered so far from venturing in this endeavor? Sure. Well, you're right. When you open your own business, you wear a lot of hats. You are, uh, I, I call myself the CMO, uh, Chief Motivation Officer. Um, you know, you are the accountant. You are your own HR. You are your own uh, marketer. You are your own uh, staff. Um, and, and I had to learn how to, how to quickly, you know, do all of that. But even the things that I didn't necessarily know how to do, like things that were IT related, I had to learn how to go out and get community partnerships and even be able to uh, utilize, uh, some vendors, uh, to be able to, uh, to help out. Um, you know, when, when I, when I made the decision, um, you know, I really didn't have a strong amount of business background per se um you know i worked for the hispanic chamber of commerce and i worked in a corporate setting um but i didn't know necessarily all the ins and outs of being an entrepreneur and um and owning uh, your own business um and it really was as simple as knowing that uh that the city of san diego had an office of small business um so you know it's always important it's always important to stay informed and just kind of know what's out there because I didn't know, I didn't know what I needed, but I knew there was an office that at least had that information. Um, and I, I didn't want to simply go online. Um, I wanted to be able to, uh, you know, meet with someone and really figure out what it is I needed to do. Um, so I did two main things last Um, I, I, um, I'm fortunate that I live in downtown San Diego in the East Village. Uh, so I live within walking distance of the city of San Diego. Uh, I, I took a trolley and walked the rest of the way to, um, uh, to the city office. And they explained to me that I needed um, uh, a license for doing business in the city, a license for doing business in the county, that I needed to uh, register what they call a fictitious 
business name uh, through a community newspaper. Um, and then I needed to do, you know, all of these things before I could officially say that I was in business. Um, a lot of other things um, uh, were, uh, were very instinctual. Uh, you know, I knew that I was going to have to promote and over promote on social media what I was doing, that, that, that my network was going to be my, my best uh, chance at succeeding. Um, and I did it, you know, I went out and I purchased licenses and, um, uh, you know, I knew that it was, I knew that it was meant to be when, um, all the licenses in total cost about $300. Mm -hmm. And, uh, while I was in line, um, uh, my brother actually called me, one of my brothers called me and said, uh, Hey, I want you to know that I'm, uh, sending you some money that I owe you. I had forgotten that I had loaned him any money at all. And he says, uh, he says, I'm going to stick some money. Uh, I'm going to send you, um, you know, through a, through a, you know, payment app. Uh, I'm going to send you, you know, some money that I owe you. And I, I said, well, I completely forgot. How much do you owe me? And he says, $300. Oh, and just, I said, wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to take amount, that. Right. Just I'm going to take that amount. as a sign from God. That this is meant to be. Uh, and so I took care of my licenses and took care of, all the necessities and then it was just as simple as really um putting out on social media uh that i was officially uh you know ready and and, and licensed and capable of doing this and just putting myself out there um probably the two biggest obstacles have been uh, you alluded to it earlier uh, not having a uh, a set sense of, uh, of, of, of payment, the way you do with the job, you know, when you have a job, uh, you know, that you're going to get paid on certain days and you know, the amount that you're going to get paid. And when you're an entrepreneur, uh, it isn't as, as stable as that. Um, and then also learning through trial and error. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to charge too much when I first started out because I was, I was trying to just get any business that I could. Uh, but that made it a financial struggle. And the more that I built things up and the more that I got, you know, the business on, on solid footing, I, I've been able to increase my prices um, because I know my value uh, and get them to a point where, where they've made the most sense uh, for, for the business. The greatest part is being your own boss. You know, when you can be your own boss and set your own schedule and have your own vision of, of what you want to do and, and, and knowing that my goal is to inspire people um, and knowing that I can inspire others and, and knowing that, um, uh, you know, that I have free leeway to do whatever it takes to do that, you know, that exact goal. Um, that has been the absolute greatest thing. Okay. Fantastic. Um, so you mentioned some, some very important stuff and, and I bring that up and the question, the reason I ask those questions is because I want to help the audience, the listeners and the viewers to understand that jumping out of comfort from a full-time paying job into being your own boss is not necessarily easy, but it is very beneficial and it is yes. very rewarding to a certain extent. There are going to be obstacles and you heard quite a big amount of obstacles that Alex had to go through, but there are also huge rewards and you can definitely do 
as long as you enjoy what you're pursuing and you're not necessarily pursuing it because of the money, you can definitely achieve greatness. <laughs> so, uh, bless you on that. Uh, and also, uh, so Alex, now that you're your own boss and now that you actually have gone through all those obstacles, that the mission when you actually started a motivational has it changed from then to now remain the same can you kind of go through that <clears throat> yes absolutely um there has been changes that have really surprised me okay. my initial uh services were motivational speaking uh writing and selling my own books and then also doing um uh, Hispanic marketing consulting uh, that really transitioned to um, you know one of the main things in business is you have to figure out what people need and how it matches your skill set and one thing that I've always just kind of done just on my own time as a favor to people is I would always uh, read or edit um, their works and then I realized that a lot of people have um, um, students that are applying to college mm -hmm. and they need somebody to help them create that essay to get into college. And so um, I was very blessed that, you know, one client took a risk on me. I was able to help, you know, get her son into a great school. And uh, from then on, I realized that this could be a component uh, of my business. Right. As time has gone on, uh, I have seen, that uh, you know, I still do. Uh, I still do consulting. And so, for example, I do Latino marketing and outreach consulting for the San Diego Soccer's. Uh, but I also have added uh, ghostwriting and being able to uh, take somebody's story and help you know write a book with them. Uh, and now I'm expanding into more direct uh, publishing, uh, doing uh, print on demand, and uh, again getting out of my comfort zone getting out of, out of my, my knowledge of where I know, you know, that I'm completely comfortable. Um, learning uh, print on demand uh, through Amazon and how to produce books uh, for myself and for others and making that a viable service. Um, so it's still something I'm learning, still something that I am uh, doing and mastering, um, but it's something that um, uh, has been great for me uh, business-wise and um, is able to help me, um, uh, you know, just keep the business going. Right, fantastic. So when you say ghostwriting, just for the audience, uh, can you kind of go over what that really means, ghostwriting? Define ghostwriting? Yes, please. Yes, so ghostwriting is basically, if somebody um, has a story, and they uh, just don't have the time to sit down and write their book, mm -hmm. or if they, um, um, you know, just just want somebody to really kind of help, you know, draw draw it out. What I do is I interview the person, and then I write the book uh, as if I was them. Uh, so I always I always receive a a title credit on the cover of the book. Uh, but the book is the book is in their voice, and the book is their recollection of their past and their history. Um, another very similar service is executive editing, and with executive editing, that's where the author goes ahead and does their own writing, 
but maybe they just, you know, need a good polished editor to kind of guide them along, or maybe they have a great story and then they want to write it, but they just know that they aren't, you know, very confident in their own writing skills. So my job is to take uh, that work and polish it up and basically make it as, as, you know, legible and readable and, and exciting as possible. So ghostwriting, uh, I'm essentially doing the writing for them. Uh, executive editing, uh, I'm serving in an editing role. Um, with both of those things, I have to really get inside their head and figure out what it is they want to tell. Um, and I need to also um, show them as many drafts as possible. So that way we don't produce anything that they aren't completely comfortable with and on board with. Uh, I mean, I want every one of my writers to really feel excited uh, that their story is being told. So from when you actually started A Motivational and you were the main speaker, motivational speaker, you were booking your own uh, events and whatnot, putting the same, the, the dates that you were open, uh, traveling over to different locations. Where has been, where has the most uh, surprising location that you didn't think that you were going to be able to be standing on a auditorium? Where has that been for you at this moment? I'll, I'll give you I'll give you three places that 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 still blow my mind that I that I've had an opportunity to speak there. Um, I was invited to speak at Harvard University, okay. and so I've spoken at Harvard. Um, I was invited to speak at NASA. Uh, mm -hmm. The Ford uh, Ford Foundation has a um, scholarship fund uh, where they uh, uh, give. Um, uh, college scholarships to first generation students and so their award ceremony uh was in uh was held in nasa in houston and um locally i've actually spoken at google uh google has a san diego office um in uh in the north county and uh, i was able to speak at google so all three of those places uh for me were places that i never dreamed that i would have access to and I never dreamed that, you know, the great people of Harvard and NASA and Google uh, would be interested in my story. Uh, but it showed me that, you know, my story is one of perseverance and dedication and determination. And no matter where you're at, you always need those things. You always need those things to inspire you. Uh, I will tell you that probably for me, the most gratifying uh, speaking engagement was this past summer. Uh, I was able to um, uh, return to my homeland of Medellin, Colombia, okay. and, uh, and, and give a motivational presentation or what they call down there a conferencia. I was able to give a conferencia in Medellin, uh, and I had uh, all of my family and friends and extended family uh, present, and it was just cool to show them uh, that the sacrifices they made uh, allowing me to... Um, uh, to, to move to the States as a four-year-old uh, for a better life and to go to school and to get medical care, that it, uh, that it all paid off. And uh, I was really eager and proud to deliver my message down there. When you actually were staying on that stage at that very moment in that conference, what did you feel? What was going through your mind? I mean, uh, other than, hey, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for, for helping me out, believing in me. What was the, if you could condense everything into one or two words, 
that describe your feelings? What would, what, what would you say? I would say gratitude and pride because it was almost like verbally giving one long love letter to all of my family there, including my mother uh, and my brother and my sister um, and just all of my family that, you know, helped, helped make my future possible. Uh, I felt, I felt tremendous gratitude to be able to, um, to uh, say all of it in front of them. Now, obviously they know my story and they know, you know, all the things that I've experienced because they've been part of the story. But I also felt pride because the main thrust of my message uh, wasn't just a recounting of my story. It was, it was a particular theme. And that theme was uh, that my story is the Colombian story. That it's a story of determination, perseverance, and overcoming. And granted, you know, my story is very unique and, and, and people, uh, whether they're Colombian or, you know, from anywhere, they're not necessarily gonna have the exact same things that I've had in my life, but they can relate to overcoming. They can relate to uh, believing in your dreams and focusing on what you have and not on what you're missing. Uh, and especially anyone who's an immigrant can relate to just, you know, coming to this country and giving it your all in order to succeed in the United States uh, for your family. And so my message that my story was the story of Colombia and was the story of, you know, Colombia uh, overcoming and being strong and overcoming great odds uh, to still be standing today. Uh, that message really uh, resonated with them and 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 that was the thing that I was the most proud of. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for sharing those thoughts that were going through your mind at that very moment in that in that stage uh, in that conference over in Medellin, Colombia. Um, you you must have a long-term vision for your A motivational. Can you kind of share with us what that might be? I do. Every every business owner absolutely needs a long-term vision. Uh, for where their business is going or where they want their business to go. Um, because, you know, you do get very caught up in the short-term needs and the short-term um, objectives and responsibilities, but you always need to have a big picture. And so for me, I want to grow this company uh, as large as possible. Um, I want to continue to produce uh, books, uh, both for myself and for others. Um, I-, I believe that my story could make a great movie someday. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be able to uh, collaborate with anyone that, um, uh, that has the capability uh, to make a movie. Uh, but my goal is to, um, is to first of all, uh, I want to speak in 100 cities okay. uh, because, um, because I know that uh, if I've spoken in 100 cities around the world, that I've gotten to touch a lot of people and speak at a lot of cool places. So right now, you know, uh, as we enter uh, year number five, uh, we are at city number 66. Okay. We're at 66 on our goal. And so I want to, uh, you know, continue to do that. Um, but I certainly want to, to grow this business um, and have it be, you know, one that um, not only tells my story, but tells the story of others as well. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Uh, so eventually, I'm assuming you're the CEO, you're filling so many hats in your own business. Uh, is there a plan to essentially not replace you as a person, but replace you in 
one of those positions that you are running the business in order for you to actually kind of just step outside and essentially retire but have the business run by itself? Is that in process, in progress? Is that something that you're thinking about at the moment? Yes, I've, I've taken one step towards that in that um, before I was the one doing all the booking and uh, setting all my, my prices and, and just really doing everything, you know, on my own. Um, I do have a, um, a person now uh, that handles my booking and negotiates with clients and gets all the details and logistics uh, set up. Uh, so on the one hand, that is a, that is a goal achieved uh, because I have somebody doing this work now, but on the other hand, um, it's also still an objective because right now uh, this person is really uh, serving as, as, you know, a manager or, or, or a consultant uh, mm -hmm. type role. Uh, and I want to be able to have somebody, you know, doing that full time. Right. Um, and I want to be able to have staff and be able to afford to someday have a full time attorney and human resources and, you know, administrative assistant. Uh, you know, those are all uh, in the vision of what uh, what I'll be doing in the future. So let me ask you a question about how you managed to do that because since 2015, you've been running solo where you actually do whatever you think is right for the business. You answer the phone, you pick up everything and you have a handle 100% of the time. How hard was it for you to actually delegate some of that to another person since you've been doing it for such a very long time and to actually say, okay, I'm going to pull back on this and let somebody else actually handle it. Was that hard for you? Was that easy? Can you kind of, it was extremely that? hard. It was, it was extremely hard for two reasons. Um, number one, um, I was used to handling a lot of the finer points. So, you know, my my setup right now is i'll still make the initial contact with the client whether i reach them or they reach me and we at least you know uh set parameters for what we're gonna do and and, and even just you know make sure that the schedule will allow uh for me to um uh to to give a talk um but once we've established okay we want to do this and i've you know sent all my information and my bio and my website and all of that, um, then I hand it over uh, to my manager and he um, sets the, the rates and the details and transportation and all of the finer details of the actual engagement. Um, and so it is hard relinquishing those details and just trusting that another person is going to um, get the best deal possible for you. Uh, but so far he has, and he has very much uh, rewarded uh, that trust and then helped me out on the day of, uh, of the engagement. Uh, right. So that eliminates the need for another position in terms of, um, you know, taking care of, of me that day. Um, the other thing, though, that's interesting is when you, when you work for a corporation, you pretty much understand that you aren't allowed to have any public opinions on politics, on world affairs, on business affairs, social media, um, you represent that corporation. Right. And when I became my own boss, I had a lot of freedom 
And part of my, part of my brand is not being afraid to, um, uh, to give my thoughts on, on world affairs and to try to be especially, uh, you know, the best uh, advocate for Latino community mm-hmm. as much as possible. And, um, you know, once I started uh, utilizing a manager, it, it kind of reverted back to that person managing me in the sense of reminding me that now I, I do work for another brand or for another corporation. The only difference is that brand is me. That brand is my corporation. <clears throat> so therefore, I can't be as open in my opinions or in the ways that I express myself as I might like because it just isn't uh, good for business. Uh, and that, that was a period of adjustment. That was a period of, of, of transitioning back to, uh, you know, kind of doing things the smart way for the sake of the business. So a lot of give and take um, and a lot of, a lot of sacrifice, uh, but all of it you do for the, 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 um, the betterment of your vision. That's, that's an interesting point that you bring out. So it, I mean, when you're your own individual, your own self, you have quite, quite an open field to actually provide your own opinion of certain topics. But then all of a sudden you have to brand yourself and you want business and, and you want to be able to expand yourself into all aspects of every possible opportunity that is out there. So essentially if you kind of have to rein in your personal opinions and be able to play well to collaborate with other businesses in order to achieve an understanding with them to be able to collaborate and do business in their environment. So that makes, that's a very interesting uh, piece of advice that a lot of people (laughs) out there should be considering if they want to be able to, to be their own boss and have their own business. Um, so let me ask you, let's move on to another topic here. Good leaders always create good leaders. And you kind of hinted at, at that you're becoming a great leader by being able to delegate some of that uh, task in your internal business. Can you please tell us if you have any individuals that you look up to or that actually you believe are great mentors in your life, be a personal individuals or individuals in the historical figure that you look up to? Sure. You know, just in terms of my own life, um, first and foremost, I, I look at my parents and I look at how uh, they inspire me by always showing the meaning of sacrifice. Um, and, you know, for me, I've been blessed with two set of parents. Uh, I had my birth parents in Colombia. Uh, my father was a salesmaker, was a salesman. My mother was a, was a homemaker, um, and she um, uh, did um, various um, baking uh, as a business, uh, wedding cakes and baptism cakes and things like that. Um, so the hard work they put in, but the fact that they also sacrificed to let me move to the U.S. to make my dreams come true um, was the ultimate lesson in, in self-sacrifice. Um, then when I moved to the United States, I moved in with my aunt and uncle and, um, uh, my, my aunt being my mother's uh, sister and, um, the way that they also demonstrated, uh, sacrifice, but also their, uh, emphasis on integrity and, um, vision 
and perseverance uh, were lessons that stuck with me uh, forever. Uh, one of the specific things that they stuck with me that I, that I put into my life today, uh, both business and personal, is to you know, take care of all of the uh, necessities and responsibilities first so that you can enjoy the, the, the fruits of your, um, of your labor later. Uh, you could even uh, uh, categorize it as, um, you know, first you got to do the things that you got to do and that you maybe don't want to do so that you can later on do the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And um, that really is very important, both in business and, 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 also, and also as an entrepreneur, uh, to learn the discipline of taking care of, of all of the responsibilities first um, and then allowing yourself, you know, to have some fun. And, uh, you know, you need that when you do wear so many hats and when you are constantly grinding to make your business succeed. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I learned all of those things uh, from them. Now, my birth father uh, passed away uh, two years ago, uh, three years ago now. My, my, uh, my mom, uh, who raised me, uh, she passed away last year. Um, so I've had to really take those lessons and, uh, continue to keep them alive and continue to abide by them every single day. Uh, I'm inspired by, uh, civil rights leaders, uh, like Cesar Chavez. Uh, I'm inspired by, uh, disability, uh, uh leaders and people who are successes like, uh, like a Stevie wonder. Uh, let's say, you know, I think you can draw inspiration from so many people even the late great Kobe Bryant and what we call the Mamba mentality, right. uh, the constant pursuit of, of being the best that you can possibly be. Right. That uh, resonates with me every day as I try to, um, as I try to, you know, just be the best person that I can be every single day. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing those uh, leaders that you admire, those individuals close family members that actually motivate you and that actually have made you the person that you are today. Thank you for sharing that with the audience and myself as well. Um, can you please share with us what the biggest lesson is that you have learned by the process of building the business that you have at the moment? Can you share that with us? Number one thing that I've learned is you can do anything. Okay. It doesn't matter as much what you're missing what matters is what you have and what you do with it. So in life, I was born as a triple amputee, missing both of my arms, missing my right leg, but I've learned that I have a strong mind, I have a strong heart, and I have the capability uh, to be mobile and to really um, achieve my dreams. And knowing that I had that spirit within me has really carried me. As a businessman, um, I didn't have a whole lot of resources. I didn't have a whole lot of money. Um, I had to really scrape together as many contacts and referrals as I possibly could. I had to look at things as strategically as possible and, um, you know, just learn that every single day is a battle and that every single day is, is an opportunity to build your brand. And, um, in August, it'll be officially five years that we've, uh, that we've had this business. And uh, I'm very proud of that. I'm very grateful. I feel very blessed. Uh, but I've learned 
that, um, you know, it's very easy to look around and get discouraged at the things that you can't do or the things you don't have. But what matters more is focusing on what you do have and being grateful for those things mm-hmm. and figuring out how to maximize those things uh, to the most. And when you and when you focus on that, you realize that some way, somehow, you really can do anything. Right. So I'm assuming that there's been, from what you're saying, a lot of ups and downs, being your own boss, having your own business, and there's been a lot of obstacles. But you mentioned something that you have to keep positive and be grateful for what you do have. Can you please share with us what you actually focus on and what you are grateful for that keeps you moving forward in order to continue during those down and hard times that you go through? I'm just grateful for every single day. I'm, I'm grateful that I can wake up, um, that I can live in a wonderful, beautiful city. Um, you know, it's funny. Most people, most people take for granted the fact that they, that they um, have two arms, two legs, and they might think that I might constantly be thinking about the fact that I don't have two arms or two legs, but I wake up thankful that I have prosthetic arms and thankful that I have a prosthetic leg because the prosthetic leg helps me to get around and run around and jog and dance and do all those things. And my prosthetic arms make it possible to write and to create and to type and to run all of my business. And so I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be able to do this. I'm thankful anytime anybody gives me any kind of referral or any kind of a lead. Uh, I'm thankful for opportunities like your show to be able to, you know, broadcast, um, you know, this, this vision. Um, I'm just thankful uh, to be alive and to have this opportunity and to, to really make come alive the, the vision of, living gratefully and living gratefully just means realizing all the blessings that you have and living in gratitude for them because those are the things that are going to push you to do more and work even harder. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Along those lines of being grateful and being able to wake up and see the good things that you have in your life. Can you kind of, can you share with us if you could choose any superpower in your mind that you could possess, what would your superpower be? Wow, my superpower? Yes, sir. If I had one superpower that I could possess, I think it would just be to um, continue to have a, a um, all-around vision for the future. Um, so for example, whenever I am anywhere where I'm high above the ground, uh, a plane or a building or, you know, anything where you're elevated, you see the world in a different light because everything is below you. It's smaller. Uh, it's more manageable. And if I had a superpower that would, you know, allow me, um, to, to know, um, you know, what everything uh, how everything fits in the context of a big picture, small picture, um, your, your, your past, your present. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's important to even just, you know, not look at the past and, and be able to shut off the past and be able to shut off, you know, things 
that you may have done wrong in the past or mistakes or regrets that you have and just the ability to only look forward. Uh, you know, I think that could serve a lot of people very well. Uh, but to be able to just have that vision of, of what the future is. And, you know, one thing that, one thing that I've always seen Lazaro is we all have worries and we all have concerns. Um, and, and, and they always work out good things. Good things always happen. And as scripture says, good things happen to those who believe, um, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I, I say to myself, boy, I wish I hadn't been as worried or as preoccupied with this, this issue or that issue, uh, because it ended up being okay. Uh, I guess superpower wise, if you could see the future and you could see, you know, the things that turn out well, uh, you probably would, would be a whole lot more comfortable taking risks and doing things that you're not sure about. Uh, because even if they, if they don't work out completely how you want them, something good always comes from that. Right. And, and, and I, I try to use that as a reminder when I'm going to, you know, take any kind of a risk at all within my business is, uh, you know, the ability to look forward into the future and not necessarily think of, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the danger in this, but instead what's the positive, what's the game? Right. Uh, what are, what are the great things that can really be made by this move? Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, that's amazing. Along those lines, uh, is there any particular book, movie, or podcast that you believe has made an impact in your life and you wish more people would ask and take advantage of what you actually see in, those, in one of those items? Can you share with the audience and myself what that would be that you can share? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do a little uh, shameless self-promotion here. Sure. And I'm just going to say, you know, I certainly wish more people uh, could read my books and, and would read my books. Uh, they're all available on Amazon. So whether you read um, Swinging for the Fences, which is the story of my life uh, emigrating to the United States and, and choosing to live an extraordinary life, or whether you uh, choose uh, my most recent book, uh, see, um, uh, living inspired, um, and being able to see the good, uh, within your challenges and being able to, uh, figure out a way to pursue the things in life that inspire you the most. Um, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that, um, people can draw inspiration and motivation from these books and that they can, um, uh, you know, find a way to live, not just a life, but an extraordinary life and find a way to inspire others. That should be the whole goal for all of us. Uh, we shouldn't just succeed. We should help others succeed. We shouldn't just, you know, make it to the top. We should help others make it to the top and we shouldn't just be inspired. We should always strive to inspire other people. Fantastic. And we all have that within us. And uh, my book certainly uh, emphasize that and promote that. And um, I hope people um, get a chance to check them out. Okay, fantastic. And once again, for the audience, to the listeners, for the viewers, the link to Alex's LinkedIn page will be below. I will also make a note of the Amazon page so you can purchase the books and you know help them out and be motivated by getting a book or two from him 
And what if people want to get autographed books from you? Is that a possibility or do you have anything? Yes, that we anything can do is possible. It? Okay. It's, it's very right. possible. Okay. If uh, anyone um, uh, would uh, grant me the honor of uh, signing their books, uh, just get a hold of me. Uh, my email is alex at alexmontoya.org. Uh, plus, I'm on all of the major uh, social media. Um, and if somebody purchases a book and sends it to me, um, I will uh, I will send it back to them. I'll sign it. I'll take care of um, I'll take care of shipping and handling, uh, and I'll sign it uh, uh, and, and get it out uh, to them. And I'm happy to uh, make any requests as far as uh, personal inscriptions or if it's a gift for someone else. Uh, I'm more than happy to do that. Fantastic. Thank you, Alex. Uh, two more questions. This one's going to be: What is your definition of success? at the moment. I know that you've, from what I see, you've achieved quite a lot. You've actually been able to overcome a lot of obstacles. You, from being essentially, your position being cut off from the San Diego Padres, you started this business, but what is your definition of success at this very moment? And I know that it could change in the future, but at this moment. My vision of success at this moment is really just reaching as many people as possible and making sure that that they are hearing my message um and to kind of break that down even further if i know that i'm even just getting through uh to one person that day is a success that day is a success i've had speaking engagements where um where one person in particular might come up afterwards and say thank you that you touched my heart tonight and it's not i never i never count how many people um approach me afterwards um because i'd rather focus on on the one person uh who very clearly delivers that message uh, if i know that one person has been touched then to me it's a it's a success so you know if they, if they really have received the message of seeing the good in your adversity, of learning that anything is possible, that they can do anything, and to focus on, uh, on what you have and not on what you're missing, and to live inspired in such a way that it inspires others. As long as I know people are um, receiving that message, that for me uh, is a success. Now, it is a business, and so obviously right. you need you know, ways to, to be able to quantify that. Uh, so certainly any person that um, uh, purchases a book or in the future, you know, purchases my, my future books or my, um, uh, my children's book, uh, that for me uh, is a good way of being able to analytically uh, uh, know that, uh, that it's a success, but it's all about just reaching as many people as possible. Right. So, so essentially touching somebody's life, making a difference, making them aware of being grateful, uh, giving thanks for whatever they have and being able to see you as a role model and as somebody that motivates them and a motivational speaker, <laughs> that, that's something that you believe is a success for you as an individual, as a business owner, correct? That's what I understood. Um, so at this time, I do have one last question. Let's say you had a time machine and you hinted at this a little bit, but you hinted at being uh, able to see forward into the future. 
my question to you is not to see into the future, but if you could go back in time, if you could go back to that little, to that Alex, to that Alex back in 2015, right before A Motivational started, what would you go back and tell that Alex? Three pieces of advice to continue going forward. I would say if I could go back in time and talk to Alex in 2015, mm-hmm. I would probably tell him that um, a couple things. I would say um, don't be fearful that all of this is, is worthwhile and you're going to really have more fun running your own business than you really expected. Um, but I would also say by way of, of learning lessons, um, it really is um, as advisable as possible for, for people to have as, me- as many resources saved up as they can. And so, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're doing things, you know, all over again, um, and, and we're, we're traveling a time machine, um, I would make sure that uh, I had a little more um, uh, uh, financial uh, footing, uh, you know, because that just, you know, uh, it would have been key during some of the, the tougher uh, financial uh, spots. Um, but I would have also said, um, you know, don't, don't sugarcoat it. Uh, the things that, that you are worried about and that you fear and that you fear might go wrong and the things that, uh, that, that you know, you're not sure of in terms of not knowing you know, where your revenue is going to come from and not having the security of having a, a full-time job. Um, all of those things are going to come true. They're all going to be they're all going to be as fearful and big and scary as you might imagine. And guess what? You're still going to love it. You're still going to love it. And I would say that to every business owner, every fear that you have about running a business, not having the money and not you know being connected to uh, the people in your everyday life, and um, you know really working to get creative for health insurance and you know really working to get creative for business leads um all of those scary things are going to be scary um and you're still going to have so much fun that it's going to all be worthwhile it's going to all be worth it uh, the other thing that that i would say is um you know as you as you as you go back in time and you uh look forward to the future is um you know to just have the best plan possible uh, one of the first things that I did was create uh, a business plan, uh, and I'm glad that I did that because that really served as a as a good roadmap uh, to be able to uh, to do that. Uh, but to just know that uh, that it's all worth it, and that all of the all of the um, uh, things that you've worked for, and all the benefits of being your own boss, uh, you know, really uh, proved to be something that make it all gratifying. And, uh, you know, essentially I would tell myself, you know, possibly do it earlier, possibly do it sooner, possibly start uh, uh, saving up more, but eventually just go out and do it. Go out and do it uh, because this is going to be the ride of a lifetime. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. 
And with that, you know, thank you so much. Uh, this concludes the interview, Alex. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, bearing with me at the very beginning where we were having a little bit of technical difficulties, but I think no we problem. kind of managed through it. Uh, to the audience, to the viewers, to the listeners, thank you so much for joining in another wonderful episode of Success Innovation. Once again, Alex Montoya from A Motivational. He, you can connect with him in his social media. You will have a link to the to the LinkedIn profile that he has. Send him a message. Uh, purchase a book from the Amazon store that he also has available for you. And if you want to get a signature book, uh, a book that he can sign, you know, you're more than welcome to go ahead and reach out to him and make that happen. Once again, Alex, thank you so much. This is Lazaro Herrera from Success Innovation. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another wonderful episode of Success Innovation. In this episode with Alex Montoya from A Motivational Communications, I had a wonderful opportunity and learning experience, getting to know him more, learning from him, his experience as an individual who has been able to succeed and overcome so many obstacles. I encourage you to connect with Alex Montoya, listen to this podcast, and reach out to him to see if you want to further get connection with him. Please like, subscribe, and share this episode with anybody else that you feel will benefit from it. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful time. I'll see you next time. Lázaro Herrera from Success Innovation. Bye-bye.